Hey everyone, you are listening to the DMZ America podcast for Thursday, January 11th, 2024. Coming to you from the left, I am editorial cartoonist Ted Rawl. And I am editorial cartoonist Scott Stantis coming to you from the right. And so Scott, well, today we're going to get it. We have, we're going to have, uh, as usual, three topics. We're going to talk about uh, Israel's war uh, against Hamas in Gaza. And I guess we should also talk about uh, the regional repercussions in the West Bank, um, the Red Sea, Lebanon, and so on. Um, also, we should, we're going to be talking about this kind of crazy Georgia DA uh, turn of events, let's just say, involving uh, Fonnie Willis. And yeah, let's call it that. <laughs> and then, and then, lastly, uh, what do we say we're talking about? Third, um, oh yeah, Fourteenth Amendment. The U.S. Supreme Court. Has Everybody's agreed. talking about it. Everyone is talking about it, and it's a big deal. Uh, the Huge Colorado deal. Supreme Court and the Maine Secretary of State have both uh, asked to uh, have both decided to dump Trump from the primary as well as the general election ballot on the grounds that he's an insurrectionist. Supreme Court has agreed to hear the case. So we'll get into that last. Okay, so let's talk about Israel and Gaza. So currently, uh, there's, uh, according to the Gaza Health Ministry, uh, 23,200 people are, uh, Gazans are now dead uh, in the Gaza Strip. That is a benchmark because that's 1% of the the pre-war population. Uh, to put that into context, um, that's been about three months, uh, and now m- far more people have died in Gaza than have dry- died in the Russia-Ukraine war uh, in two over two years, or yeah, almost two years, um, and in a much bigger conflict zone. In 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 uh, Ukraine, there's twenty or thirty thousand square miles of conflict zone. There's only one hundred and forty square miles of in Gaza total, and it's not even all. So it's 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 pretty um, high intensity uh, war. The, uh, the 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 Republic of South Africa has filed charges in the International Court of Justice uh, in the in the Hague, uh, charging Israel with genocide. Uh, most analysts believe there is a chance that Israel will be found guilty of genocide in that court. Something that's never happened to any country before. Uh, since 1948, since the Convention Against Genocide was passed, well, there hasn't um, been genocide in the in the world since then. There certainly have been, but no, but it, it's very hard to prove. Yeah, there's Rwanda. There's um, there there was of course um, Kosovo. Uh, there's been um, others. I'm, I'm yes, not no, thinking. I was being facetious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, like the, the Rohingya, right? The Rohingya in Myanmar. Um, so anyway. Um, they're, uh, so anyway, so the Israelis are taking it very seriously. They're sending their top legal minds. There's been the Houthis, the Yemeni Houthis have been bombing uh, and uh, droning uh, shipping in the Red Sea on the way to the Suez Canal, which has impacted global energy prices and supply chains already. Uh, the U.S. is trying to figure out how to hit the Houthis and figure out what to do about it. Meanwhile, Iran has seized an American flagged oil tanker. Um, as of uh, earlier today, uh, and take it reminds. I'm sure you'll remember the Mayaguez. The Mayaguez. Oh yes, it reminds. It has to me. It has shades of that. Um, and let's, so anyway, wait, wait, let's 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 stop real quick and just tell 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 the kids in the audience who have no idea what we're talking about. So the, the Mayaguez, USS. Go ahead. go ahead, Scott. You tell the story. The USS Mayaguez was a U.S. destroyer, if I'm not mistaken, That's and correct. it was. Uh, it was per, per, 
cruising off the uh, coast of Vietnam. And, um, you know, now here's where I'm getting a little uh, confused. Who actually? It was the Khmer Rouge. That's in what Cambodia. I thought. Now, do, does Cambodia have access to the sea? Uh, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm Absolutely. trying to think where I'm, I'm going through the geography. Well, in my between, head. between, um, it has a Southern coastline between, uh, Vietnam and Thailand. Okay. So if you follow the Thai coastland, uh, the Thai coast East, you run into, uh, the city of Trat and then, uh, you, then you cross the, you cross the border and you're now in Cambodia. Anyway. So they, they, uh, captured the ships that it was in Cambodian waters. they, took the ship a prize. They took the crew as hostages. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the few times America could say this, they launched a commando raid to free the hostages and, um, and uh, did. And it worked and nobody yeah. died. Well, I'm not sure if any Cambodians were, is that you true? Know, there might've been some Khmer Rouge who died, but it's like, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a bloodbath by any standard. And all the Americans were recovered. Were, and recovered, then they released the ship. Safely. And the reason I remember this is that the steering wheel or whatever the hell it's called in nautical terms, uh, the steering wheel was, uh, this was all under President Ford. Is it? I think so. Or maybe not. Well, there's the wheel, right? Yeah. You know, the the do, 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 do. Anyway. So anyway, they got it and they presented it to President Ford who had it in the Oval Office. Oh, it's kind of cool. Yeah, but it's well, like, you know, when you're in office for less than like, like a week, <laughs> you, you clum on to whatever fame you can. Now, what I've noticed. So what's interesting to me, there's a bunch of things that are interesting. God, that's a, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts here. It's scary. There's a lot. So maybe we should start with um, the threat of regional spread, because, I mean, look, I don't think the U.S. is going to want to launch a open a war with the with Iran. I just don't I don't think they ever want to. Iran's a real country. There have been disputes in the past where um, shipping has been intercepted by the Iranian Republican guards and uh, then released later on. I would suspect that something like that will happen here. Uh, the Iranians will not keep it. They'll want something in return. Maybe, maybe they'll get it. Maybe they won't. But I mean, I, I don't think, I think, Every, both both sides do not want this the, a U.S. No. Iran war. Okay, so then there's the now. I do think. Uh, Can we're I throw in at- one little spin too? Because there's layer upon layer upon layer on this stuff. But uh, the Iranians re- realize that it's an election year, right? And no one lost votes in the United States by bombing anybody. No, that's true. That that is true. Just saying. Um, however, bombing Iran would be problematic, but. Um, cause I could see them deciding like, okay, well now we're going to put on our big boy pants and we're going to bomb Israel and make ourselves giant heroes to the entire world. Uh, well to the entire Muslim world. I mean, the Muslim world is completely inflamed right now. And Iran's always I don't think been- they are. And I don't agree with you on that, Ted. I, I really can't. I'm starting to interrupt, but I don't see that. I mean, where, how do you, what are you basing this on other than maybe some rhetoric but they're not the ones who brought suit against Israel in the in the Hague. They're not, uh, you know, they're not doing anything that well, I can because see. Because there's a huge separation between the regimes, like the uh, the like the like the royal family of Saudi Arabia, and the Arab street, right? I mean, I think the regimes, like the Hashemite Kingdom of of Jordan, don't give two shits about the Palestinians 
but like the but the streets do there are massive protests going on in arab capitals and uh there are there's sustained pressure to the point where like for example the saudis the jordanians even the turks have had to we, turkey used to be a close ally of, of israel um they've rec- recalled their ambassadors they're they're threatening to close down their to shut out to sever diplomatic relations the uh uh President Erdogan of Turkey uh, compared Netanyahu to Hitler. Um, this is, you know, I mean, it's it's definitely the Arab world is, I mean, the street is inflamed and they, the, even these dictatorships cannot ignore what has happened here. Um, I mean, I think- Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see it, but go on. I mean, I haven't I seen also it, think that it's doesn't like, mean it's not happening. Just I mean, you're I also not... seeing is public support for Israel just internationally is evaporating. I mean- the there's a lot of there's even you know president macron of france is really disgusted um be, you know he is he's, he's been, french he's, when is he <laughs> okay fine but the point is france is <laughs> definitely usually on israel on team israel um yeah. I, I don't know i think i mean i guess we can just cut straight to the chase scott i think um i think israel has gone too far um by a lot uh they have made they have uh, the UN has already declared uh what is um officially declared uh what Israel is engaged in to be an act of ethnic cleansing um that's clearly what it is right they they have flattened a territory the, the territory of Gaza uh with a, with the goal of making it uninhabitable so that the population is forced to flee uh in and the that is what's going to happen i mean Without a doubt, right, but I don't think out. the UN voted to pass. That didn't pass the UN. I believe the United it wasn't States a vote. The no, it was the uh, special rapporteur. I'll find her name, but the UN issued a report already saying that the commission for the high commissioner for refugees. So I mean, the point is, it's like a it's it, it's a really ugly look. And I'm going to ask you a tough question, Scott. I mean, you sure. always considered yourself a supporter of Israel. Um, are you still? Yes. Why? Absolutely. Why? Because um, the attacks of October 7th uh, were so brutal, so beyond anything any human being could imagine uh, that they had to be responded to in, in, a, in an extreme way. Would I have done it this way? Would I Do I think that they've gone too far? Yeah, I do. I think that this is this is too far. But by turns, I understand the national trauma that they're dealing with and what they had to deal with on these attacks from on October 11th. People are forgetting this and they tend to not mention them. I just, uh, you know, I, I wake up to NPR, NPR in the morning and just within the last week, they've started to mention the attacks again. These, you know, Israel didn't just wake up one morning and go, Oh, let's wipe Gaza off this, off the face of the map. This isn't, this wasn't born of whole cloth. This was born from a vicious cruel tech. And, you know, I, I, you and I have gone round and round on this and we disagree and that's fine. Um, but if I was president of the United States, uh, I would still support Israel. I would do what I, what it sounds like the Biden administration is doing is behind closed doors say, okay, guys, what you just said, Ted, you know, you're losing whatever good faith you had in the world. Um, should this have been handled? I mean, you've suggested this in the past. I think you may have a point. I think 9-11 too. Uh, if we had treated it as a police action versus wholesale invasion of first Afghanistan and then God knows why Iraq, 
Um, the the Israelis probably would have been better served had they done it that way. Um, but uh, yeah, speaking of which, just this is a little detour because I do want to get to the. I really want to stick to the meat of the of the of the topic. Sure. I want to follow through on my question, but like, why did why did the Israelis? I think started bombing within um, forty eight hours of October seventh. Um, what was the rush? I mean, you know, I mean, honestly, the, the, the Gazans aren't going anywhere. Hamas isn't going anywhere. They have 240 of your hostages. Why not say, we want all of our hostages back or there will be trouble? You know what I mean? Like, why not make that like, why not yeah. say, we are going to give you a week or two to think it over. And then yeah. we're going to like, we're going to like come down like the wrath of God uh, if you don't do what we say. I mean, like, I think even if like you knew that like Hamas would say, fuck you, why would you still not do that for the f- so that you could then tell the world, look, we ask nicely. Yeah, you're talking rationally. And I'm not, I'm not sure I, I would assume you have friends in Israel, too. The Israeli friends I've talked to are in shock. They still are. And I think that when you're in shock, I mean, you I've talked we talked about this on other issues. I certainly have. Uh, when you're angry, when you're in shock, when you're traumatized, worst time in the world to make a decision, an important decision. But they made the decision two days, like you said, 48 hours after the attacks. And I recognize and understand why it happened. But um, doesn't that make them inherently, doesn't it make this government inherently un, incapable of governing? I mean, it's to me, that's an incredibly basic um, requirement for political leadership is the ability to make emotions, to, to set your emotions aside and try to make a rational decision uh, when you're under pressure, you know, to be like Spock. I mean, you, you're not supposed to lash out when you're the prime minister of a country or for that matter, a secretary of defense of a country. You're supposed to be- you're Assuming supposed you can to- find him. <laughs> Good point. And like, so like, why not? So, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, so to me, oh, it's, no, like, I hear you. it's sort of saying like, so you're saying yourself as a supporter of Israel, well, here's a government that behaves irrationally and is essentially run by emotionally like immature maniacs. And why? So wait, tell me why we're sending them billions of dollars. Oh, I don't think it's, I don't think it was um, an error at the time, at the moment, that's the that was the proper response, but you're but right. Why that's not why, give I mean, it a couple of weeks, though? Like I said, because that because why give? I think the thought would have for, been for public is, for why, public consumption. Why give the? I understand that, but you're talking PR and you're talking about nuance and so on. This is that's this important is when heels. you're a country like Israel that that's the largest recipient of foreign aid in the world. Right, but you're also talking about a situation, an incident that was you know, where young people were slaughtered where women were raped so viciously that it cracked their pelvises, that babies were- There's no evidence of that, just saying. Yeah, there is. About medical? Are you serious? Of course there is. I mean, like the babies being beheaded and stuff, that turned out to be like, let's just say unsourced, right? Like that was like propaganda. Right, but there were, you're going to say there weren't murdered babies? I mean, does it really matter how they were murdered? Of course there were babies that were killed. Yes, they were murdered. That is correct. I don't think, so- this is a country, like you said, it's a very small country. So I have to believe that virtually everybody in that country had some connection to someone who was attacked, killed, raped, whatever. And that's the other thing about this. And this is a side issue. And maybe you can answer this. Women's groups in this in the United States and elsewhere, 
totally silent when clearly the attacks were based partly on um, raping and belittling and killing and torturing women. I mean, it was clearly that was one of their main targets. Well, I Where think, are the women's groups on this? I mean, look, no, obviously, I, I, I'm not a woman and I'm not a member of a woman's group. Uh, I can only speculate. Uh, I but think you know women. I do know women and I do know women who are, uh, you know, in leadership roles in organizations like that and uh, top organizations. I imagine just having been part of political groups that there is a tremendous uh, desire to stay, remain focused, right? I mean, if you started to, if you decided to spread, let's just say you're like the national organization for women and you start like to wade into every every time women are um, are raped in, in, in war zones, well, that's the entire world. Every single war has sexual violence is a part of, is, is always a part of war. So like, you know, at that rate, you're in 211 countries. I mean, you wouldn't be able to focus on anything here at home. You wouldn't be able to focus on abortion rights or, and you know what I mean? I think it's like, I think it's too far afield. And they, they probably figure there are Israeli feminist groups who can do that and that's that's for them to take care of i think of. you're giving I mean, them all they a free could, pass. i mean they could send out a sternly and what is a sternly like a sternly worded letter to hamas likely to have any effect well, some kind of condemnation i'm not hearing any of it and again it could be just the experience and the feeds i i follow and all that stuff my point is that you i mean this it is does not, feel this poorly is... sourced and i think that the i'll tell you myself my own reaction was when the baby thing turned out to be bullshit um, and that it was spread, nevertheless, by the president of the United States and the prime minister of Israel. They claimed that they had seen photos which did not exist. They lied. So, like, the point is, once that happened, they like the narrative that about additional acts of of um, obscen obscenity of obscene violence. I think just they lost all credibility. Um, you know, like yeah, you have one I chance to make a good first impression. I think. I, I think that's really what happened much. on the left. I think the I think left, giving far the too left much just doesn't, I think, does not I'm believe. Sorry, I'm I think the left just doesn't believe the Israelis. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that that's. And the, I mean, the Israelis think, have been lying like crazy. They're talking about today. They're like, there's no food shortage. The IDF said there's no food shortage in Gaza, even while reporters and UN uh, observers say that there's it's one of the biggest uh, you know places of sites of famine in the world. Um, that you know, fifty percent of the of the country of the territory is literally starving to death. Um, you know, it's like they just say things, or they say we're the most is the IDF is the most moral, upstanding army in the world. Okay, there's no not. you can't have no, you, and it can't be. Those are two very separate That's an oxymoron. Notions. It is. It is. Um, getting back to the women's groups here in the United States, just one more thought here, and then we can move back to the meat of the discussion. And that is that I think they are driven by woke campus, you know, what's happening on camp campuses, the pro-Palestinian uh, protests that are going on. And I think they're motivated by that. I do not believe that they have any kind of a nuanced thoughts on but, 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 why but they... women's groups haven't haven't weighed in even in favor of the of the Palestinians. No, have, but they I have just Ted, not in those circles. I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I'm talking over you and I apologize. No, 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 go me. ahead. But I'm just saying, in those circles, you really don't think that there's overlap here. No, there's overlap. <laughs> Come on, of course no, there is. There's overlap for sure. Yeah, and I so mean, at their you know, at their dinner parties, they say you condemn the attacks. I'll tell you, Israel is the monster here. 
And you're just, and they're going, oh, okay. Yeah. We're not going to say anything about, you know, <laughs> systemic process of raping women. We're okay with that. As long as it's the right flag. Well, so and also go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I do. So, so I want, let's get back to the meat though. I mean, look to me, the part that, Look, I understand. I don't believe for a minute that we can say that history began in on October seventh, twenty twenty three. Right? Like, like obviously, uh, the reason that Hamas ever had any support inside the the territory, to the extent that they, they look, they didn't get voted in. They seized power illegally, uh, but in a military coup. But obviously, you can't govern even as a dictator without some popular support. Um, not, not eventually, you'll be overthrown. Um, you need that you need the tacit uh, consent of the governed. So they had that. And to the extent that they did have that and that their and that their their actually the, the raid on October 7th was like viewed favorably, not only by many people in Gaza and in the West Bank, but also in the Muslim world. Um, it's a reflection on the fact that Israeli policy was very unpopular vis-a-vis -vis the Palestinians and how they obviously had no interest whatsoever in pursuing peace or a two-state solution, or anything that the settlements were out of control, 700,000 Israeli right-wing, hardcore extremist uh, colonial settlers in the West Bank stealing half the territory of the West Bank uh, from, from property owners who have deeds that go back hundreds of years. Um, like, I guess my point is that, like, even if we accept that, so the Israelis uh, you know, Hamas kills 1,200 people, takes 240 hostages, deplorable, disgusting, violent, stipulated. But then what has happened since, which I'm not going to enumerate because anybody who's listening to us knows what happened next. Um, you know, it's kind of like saying, okay, one thing followed the other, but that thing that followed was not justified by what, what happened first. Like a reaction was called for, but like what kind of reaction is like the issue here? And I don't think really almost anybody can justify. I don't even think the Israelis really justify what they did uh, since then because they just brush it off. They don't address it. They don't say now they had it coming. They had they deserve to lose one percent of their population um, and we're going to keep going. They don't say that. They just say, oh, we just want our hostages back. They ignore the issue completely. Nobody's arguing in favor of what they did. So I guess my point is it's like. After remember when um, in the eighties uh, the IRA blew up a hotel in London try, while trying to kill uh, Maggie Thatcher. Um, they that she was they thought she was on the floor. Maybe she was. She survived. But the point is they blew up an entire floor of a hotel in London. I mean that's an atrocity. Um, you know what if England had gone to war and flattened Northern Ireland? Completely. Well, they flattened. did go. They did continue their occupation. And it continued. They did, to this and day. it was violent, but it was not on this scale. And so, no, this scale. I think this scale. There's a couple of factors coming into it. First of all, the Netanyahu government, the last ten years, the ascent of religious parties, the dehumanization. You talked about the settlements. You and I agree on those. And I, I thought, and I talked to Israeli friends and said, "You got to stop doing that." Um, they haven't listened to Scott. Weirdly. <laughs> And the Israeli <laughs> but, government's all about it. They, they yes, they, they are. Well, and, and you and I both know you can hear have heard numerous interviews of the settlers there, the dehumanization of they're maniacs, the, they're yeah, racist. They well, you know what it reminds me a little bit of is um, Americans moving west. 
and taking over uh, Native American lands. And well, we're just taking it from those horrible, dirty, rotten savages. savages. Yeah. And the language that the settlers used in describing Palestinians is not dissimilar. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I guess your question is, how can I continue to support them? I support them because they're, that is my, that is my question. There are, I mean, like, there are imperfect systems and there are, I mean, I guess what, what would it take Scott? I mean, like, let's just say, I mean, Israel is, I don't know. <laughs> Israel is an atom is a nuclear power. What if they, what if they drop? I mean, that has been suggested by at least one Israeli cabinet official yeah. that an atomic bomb should be dropped right. on Gaza. I mean, I don't know if he was just, you know, that's just hot rhetoric. Uh, although intemperate rhetoric, which frankly is unworthy of someone in his in his position, yes. Um, but like, but let's just say that Israel did that. Would you still continue to support Israel and say, well, on October seventh? No, I would say, um, I, I'd say that that that's a that's a bridge too far. Obviously, that's that's escalating to a point that you know what happens next. Uh, Iran may or may not have the bomb. Uh, there, there, there is a Muslim bomb in Pakistan. Where does that end up? Um, let's, just say, let's just say it had no dangerous repercussions for the region, which is, of course, impossible to imagine. But I mean, just on moral grounds, just like like on moral grounds, like what would it? What is what is the what's the line in the sand for you? I mean, there has to be a, a, a line in the sand, right? Of course, and I think it's one of those I had not thought of it quite frankly that deeply. Uh, like if if they yeah if they dropped a bomb on what's left of Gaza, and then then that that crosses a line obviously. So then okay so then like if they kill fifty thousand, they kill a hundred thousand. If they kill two hundred thousand, is there is there a line? Yeah, I think there is. I think that and I think they've come very precariously close to to crossing it. Obviously, uh, I mean I think any rational human being will say yes they've come they've come close to crossing it even supporters of Israel like myself. Um, I'd like to know, and they have not been good at articulating what the end game is. I don't know what it is. Uh, what are they trying to accomplish here? I mean, if it's the Ted Raw, they want to flatten it and turn it into, you know, Gaza sandals, then yeah. that's that's wrong because these people have and had a right to, to exist and live where they lived. I, you know, what on the moral... I hate war. Okay. I'm going to start there and just say war is dumb. War is destructive. War always ends up where you should have been at the first place. And that's what's probably going to happen here. Um, so am I happy? Am I proud of Israel? No, at this stage, I'm, I'm not. But by turns, I understand their reaction. Uh, overreaction, though it is. And I think we can agree on that. But when, but, but when would you stop understanding their reaction? If it can, if it can, if they've already announced today that they're bringing back, I think ten or twenty thousand troops, mm -hmm. mostly because they need people to work in Israel. They've yeah. Yeah, that still resources. leaves a lot of people, a lot of troops in the field. Right. If this, if and not this to mention the, the airplanes are still flying, they're still dropping bombs. If this continues, and people are, um, and even if they stopped bombing right now, people would keep dying because they're starving to death, even though the IDF says they're not. Well, I, it's on both sides. It's hard to decide what's true and what's not. Um, I mean, that's but, true. I mean, there's, 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 there's hundreds of foreign reporters on the ground. I mean, it's not like a, you know, from all over the world. So right, um, right. So it's not like you know. I mean, it is happening. 
There's no question. And they're getting, and they're getting killed too, by the way. I mean, they're the the number of journalists, uh, I think it's up to over 40, near 50. Oh, we're, Um, we're over, we're over a hundred now. And far, hmm. this is by far the highest casualty rate, uh, in a, in a conflict, um, ever, um, having having previously been in a record-setting cl- journalistic clusterfuck in 2001 uh yeah that re- it's kind of naive to be like well you know in our little convoy of 45 we only lost 12 uh at that time that was a record um in, in for 12 to be lost in a single combat incident but that is no longer true um, yeah i've had friends go ahead i'm sorry but i mean so I, I guess the thing is, Scott, I mean, when you say, well, what's the goal? I mean, what's the goal I get, or what's the end game? I mean, here, I mean, the, there's, I got to say, like, according to all reports, Gaza is no longer inhabitable. That is a fait accompli, right? That's just the facts on the ground. And like, if some reason Netanyahu was taken over by the guest, the ghost of Yasser Arafat and woke up tomorrow morning and said, I'm so sorry. I can't believe we did that. Let's put it all back. And sorry, you guys get it, you know, our bad, you know, October 7th, our fault. We're sorry. Um, It's too late, right? I mean, there's no way the people of Gaza can go home. They don't, you know, they don't have homes. There's no homes to go back to. They, right. And You're right. So therefore, they are not going to live there anymore. That's a fact. So the only the so the only question is oh. where, which is not Gaza, are the people of Gaza going to live? Are they going to live in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, as has been suggested by some Israeli uh, officials? Are they going to be uh, in the in the Sinai, which seems almost certain? Uh, in in a giant tent city for two million people, or are they going to be in Israel proper, um, you know, waiting like invited oh, in? Gonna... And I don't see yeah. that happening either for a variety that won't of reasons. Happen. Yeah, I think even if the Israeli public again was taken over by the spirit of Yasser Arafat tomorrow, that they wouldn't be able to do it because it's a country of fewer than ten million people. Uh, you're talking about you know absorbing two million. Imagine like the United States taking in 20% of its population, we can't accept 60 million people like tomorrow, okay? Even though we're a big, rich country, there's no way. So, and and there, and Israel's not like a rich, really a rich country. And so- They're pretty rich. Um, I mean, it's out for there, but the point is they don't, they have a very high aging population. They have a lot of ultra-Orthodox people who don't contribute to the economy. They just study the Torah. Um, there's, uh, it's, 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 it's an old country, a lot of aging people. Um, when you go there, it's very striking. You kind of feel like you're in like a retirement community in Florida. There's not a lot of young people. Um, so um, I guess the point is that's the facts on the ground. I mean, that's it. Yeah. So, so Scott, here's my, a tough question. Number two. Okay. Can you, they have effectively ethnically cleansed um, Gaza. It's already done. I mean, you know, the population hasn't been moved and hasn't all been done, but, you know, it's it's done. It, there's no there's no putting the genie back in the bottle. So do you still support Israel, even though they ethnically cleansed 2.3 million people, half of the of, of the entire Palestinian uh, population of pre of pre 1948 Palestine ethnically cleansed? I mean, does does the murder of 1200 people? justify that 
Uh, well, A, I'm going to totally disagree with your assessment that this was ethnically cleansed. Um, well, what because else is they're it? not. Be well, they were invaded a place that invaded them would be my art, would be yeah, A. but it's ethnically cleansed if the people of Gaza are kicked out of Gaza. That is ethnic cleansing. They're not kicked out of Gaza. There's still a lot For of them now. in the south of Gaza. We'll have this conversation in a few months. They will be. I mean, there's no question. They have to. No, be. I don't think, I think what's going to, well, because you're all, and with the parts that you're ignoring are things like the announcement that uh, Israel is going to, is already in talks to partnering with Egypt, with Jordan, possibly Saudi Arabia, possibly the Emiratis at rebuilding uh, Gaza. Now, what does that mean? And what does that look like? We're going to have to gonna wait and see. Dime from those from those people. They're not going to pay for that. Oh, they will, because they don't want the Palestinians there. I mean, here's the- They're also not going to- You know the history of the Palestinians in that region. They show up at in Jordan. Jordan, after 10 years, goes, oh, fuck no. Kicked them out. Well, they show sure. up in Lebanon. After 10 years, even, Lebanon but, goes, but you're, fuck but you're that. Talking about you're conflating two things, Scott. You're conflating- the uh, the who takes the refugees with uh, who rebuilds Gaza. I, I don't think that like the Arab states are going to rebuild Gaza at all. Like, why should they? Why would what do they get out of it? What what would be the what would be the advantage to them? Why would they pay? They're not going to pay. And even if even if you say like, I don't know, God, what's decides the advantage? To, I just let's say what Jeff Bezos decides he wants to pay. Right. The point is, like, you know, Santa Claus decides to pay. Fine. It's going to take five or 10 years. There are tens of thousands of unexploded bombs all over Gaza. You know, I know I've seen them do this in Afghanistan. Man, it is a one of those fuckers takes like months to disarm and like handle. It's a big fucking project. So it takes years. There's no fucking way you couldn't like there's no way you could rebuild Gaza in under 10 years if it was ass kickingly efficient and quick, maybe 10 years. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know that. And where do the people go it, in the meantime? A, okay, well, firstly, I think you can build it faster than that. But that's, you know, that's, that's, we, we, we can get a contract. Let's just say five. Ask. Okay, where do the people go in five years? For five well, years? you just mentioned it. I think the south of Gaza bleeding into the Sinai. And that's where, but, you know, Egypt doesn't want them there because they've been in Egypt once before. And Egypt and says, Israelis oh, no. will never let them back in, ever. Well, if they're rebuilding, it depends on what the rebuilding is and what what shape that takes and, and what political will there is. Uh, the Netanyahu oh, government's not going to survive this. No, that's uh, true. Once, but once no Israeli kept... government's going to uh, no Israeli government is going to allow the the Gazans to return to Gaza. It's just like I not disagree. Gonna you I really disagree. think they will? Okay, yeah. so let's just say for the sake of argument that, <laughs> okay. as has happened in the past sometimes, Scott, where I'm like, I was right. So let's just say that like that happens and like I was right. It, I, would that be if the if the gates are opened to uh, Gaza, I mean, to, to the Sinai and then the gates are shut behind them and the Gazans are your 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 invitation to come home has been revoked. You are no longer welcome, you know. Um, <laughs> like, you know, get out. <laughs> that they never return. Exactly. So let's just say that's the case. Um, is that a bridge too far for you? Is Israel still worth supporting at that point? I'd have to watch that story unfold. I can't, I'm not, I can't, can't really commit to that right now because uh, I don't know. Uh, I'd have to see how that unfolds. I understand not wanting a group of people that lobs missiles into your country every day to not allow them to come back. I get that. I, mean, I, that I would get be, it too. I get it. That would be annoying. Now here before, I do want to touch on this 
subject, and that's the expansion of, of hostilities. The thing we're not talking about is what's happening up on the border with Lebanon, uh, the attacks on Hezbollah. And in addition, I am unaware of, and it sounds like you would know better than I, is are there any military actions by Israel against the West Bank currently? Uh, so no, what's really happening there is terrorist attacks by Israeli settlers against uh, Palestinian inhabitants of the West Bank. So, and, and the IDF is standing by and laughing and sort of facilitating them and allowing them to happen. So they're kind of like running interference for the settlers, watching out for them, uh, covering up for them, but they're not active. And they have been shooting some, there have been some unprovoked shootings of Palestinians who literally have just been standing around by the IDF, just like they weren't doing anything, um, just hanging out. They were just shot randomly. So the IDF, but it hasn't been like, you know, thousands and thousands like in Gaza. Um, they, the, 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 the nature there has been that the settlers have been running wild and they view this as their big opportunity to finish the job and get rid of the Palestinians there. They've been murdering local Palestinians by the hundreds, um, driving them off their land, uh, cutting down their olive trees, uh, bu building fences to separate them from their farms, uh, beating them up mercilessly. So there's been a lot of that. Hmm. I have to read up on that because I, I that sounds like something we'd be hearing about and we're not. Well, you you, you um, will if you read like the BBC or like, uh, you know, The Guardian. I do, I do an Al Jazeera. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, well, we're, it didn't convince me. I didn't convince you. And The New York Times. The New York Times has had very good coverage about this, actually. Okay, and The Washington Post. I will check it out. But bringing in, I mean, I mean, you you mentioned Iran at the top of the segment. Mm. Um, I didn't used to hate Iran. I, I kind of hate it now. Um, the fact that they took one of our ships, that's that you, you know how that's going to play out. I mean, uh, but that's, it seems like such a minor thing, like eth ethnic cleansing of two million people. Like, yeah, to see how that goes. But one ship? Oh, I didn't with say six that. guys I mean, on it. I, I mean, disagree that it was ethnic cleansing. That's where we disagree on definitions. But Iran, I mean, they're actively their 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 presence in uh, Iraq, in their presence in parts of Afghanistan, especially the southern part. Um, you know, they're actively helping people at the very least kill Americans. That's that's a problem. But Iran's me. not Iran's not very active. Is not active in Afghanistan. That's not really true they were for years in the southern part yeah they were mm -hmm. no that's not, that's not well, that's i can show you my true. cartoon that that disagrees because I, I drew about it because iran, iran no i mean iran and the taliban are are enemies i mean you know shia, right. shia versus sunni right so iran especially after our invasion this uh you know comes come you know stumbling in and says hey we like this place i don't know why but they do um no they were, they were going to go into go into western afghanistan because that's where the border is but I know I've, I've, I've walked across. No, that no, no, I'm not arguing time. with you on that. I'm, not <laughs> on that. I'm trying to, I'm just trying to picture it in my head. Um, yeah. 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 Like if you think about like uh, Herat is uh, Northwestern Afghanistan, big city there. And uh, that you you're then you cross the border in Iran and you're about six hours away from Mashhad in Northeastern Iran, which okay. is like a holy city. Um. But anyway, so why, so why are you so pissed off at the Iranians? I'm just, I'm just, uh, well, or at the government of Iran, I, I imagine. Yes, I would say that. And the and the mullahs there in Guam, who are very, by the way, extremely unpopular. This is, you know, the the American media 
is full of shit usually when it comes to anything international. But when it comes to like how no. they portray the government of Iran as being uncomfortable, I mean, being unpopular, maybe uncomfortable. I have found that to be true. Um, the the, the oh. I think the, I think maybe ten to fifteen percent of the population uh, is supportive of the government. Uh, everyone else hates their guts. Yeah, I I mean, you and I have totally agreement with this because I we both lived in L.A. Or I lived in LA, you worked there, and it's a large Persian population. And they were about as American as America as anyone you could think of on the planet, other yeah, than temperamentally, Americans. they're very similar to us. Yeah. yeah, they really were. And so, I mean, just the revolution always kind of made me, I thought it would be short-lived. <laughs> well, it, it the revolution was, I mean, I hate to say it, I think that Iran would have uh moderated enormously if the u.s had left it the fuck alone i mean don't forget like right after the revolution we supported iraq's invasion of iran and the iran iraq war from 1980 to 1986 that was brutal um you know so we're like using our blood yeah. saddam hussein to go after to go after the iranians we should have left them the fuck alone we didn't understand anything like look now we know that ayatollah Khomeini, who we thought of as this fierce dude with this awesome, crazy, terrifying beard and wild eyes. He was a moderate. He was pushing, he want he was pushing for moderation inside the uh the regime. And he was constantly being undercut by American actions. I mean, we I mean, I do think you catch a lot more bees with honey than, you know, than with vinegar. And the US well, certainly. We, we do not do that. And like the sanctions aren't helping. The sanctions, like, you know, when you go to Cuba, you just realize like the, the government's like ish popular, but man, the sanctions props them up. You know, the, the, it's like same thing in Russia. Everyone in Russia thinks that the sanctions are because we hate the Russian people. That's and that's what the Cubans think. They, they, they think the American, the America hates the Cuban people and wants them to starve and die. That's what the Iranians think about. They're like, why do the Iran Americans try to kill us? So like mm. sanctions are a disaster. They don't work at all. They're so counterproductive. I'm trying to think of one instance where it's done what we had hoped they would do. Um, never, never. Oh, there was an upstart little Asian country about 70 years ago. And we decided to uh, have very heavy sanctions and not allow them to get gasoline and oil. And um, Oh, right. Oh, that worked great. Remember. Yeah, Japan. And they they handled it well. They were chill. Yeah. yeah. They were like, okay. I we think totally the best argument for sanctions is probably apartheid era South Africa, but most historians um, think that it didn't really make any. It, you know, it's probably it was probably a wash there. It you know the the people of South Africa were able to understand why we were doing it, um, but so they didn't really hate us for it. But it didn't seem to, it do, doesn't seem to have really moved the needle. You don't think it was um, Little Stevens ain't gonna play Sun City that did it. Probably, maybe not. Maybe it was. Maybe not. Because um, when think, rock and roll I the, stars, I think honestly, the the fear of you know just like being the white minority of knowing that you're 15 percent of the population and you're trying to control these people who fucking hate you because you've been you know oppressing them for forever. Um, you just, I think they got to a point where they were just like, we're tired of being scared all the time. <laughs> like you know, I think it was no unsustainable. I mean, it's just unsustainable. Well, You're that's right. what it's. That's that's Israel. 
Israel is yeah, uns no, I, unsustainable. Well, and I've said this before. Let's why don't we end on this, that you can't be a democracy and be an occupier. They're mutually exclusive. You cannot True. be both. Right. Or, a, you know, but like, hey, I'm, I'm going to say also, I think the idea of, uh, you know, like how the U.S. never resolved at its founding, you know, the slavery issue. They just kicked the kid down the road, yeah. right? Like in 1789. Yeah. And Israel never settled the the question of, is it a European style, uh, modern nation state, secular state, or is it a um, you know, medieval style religious state? And, um, you know, and they never resolved it and they kicked it down the road. What we're seeing now is a result of that failure to decide that. I think I'm going to say, I, I don't, think i think the two part the two-state solution is dead on both sides the israelis clearly don't want one and now the palestinians don't want one either i think they both kind of want the whole thing to themselves and the solomonic decision is you guys have to share you have to live together in one country one man one vote sorry jews if you're upset that like the arabs are breeding faster than you and you're going to lose control of your population of your country then you should better start better start boning and popping out more kids. <laughs> um, you know, it's like you get, get to it because it's like President Ted says, start boning Israel. Well, you know, that's it. Hey, it's a good campaign pledge. Like this is this is your president ordering you to have more unprotected sex. <laughs> I mean, but I, I do think that's what we're going to. <laughs> I don't know, Scott. I, I don't I'm think your, I, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire on this thing because I do right. think it's a morally you're a moral person, and I think that I think what you're suffering from is cognitive dissonance. You're 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 sort of like you want to. I think it's like being a a German in the 30s, and you don't you love your country and its culture, but you hate what its government is doing, and you can't, it's hard to reconcile those two things. And I think it's okay to be into the to say you support the people of Israel and say that the government is disgusting and should be shunned. And I think that's kind of like, I think that's the sweet spot. I mean, I think that like Netanyahu's okay, yeah, government is far right, extremist, yes. insane. Yes. Well, and like, the religious, you, you talk about the secularism versus the religious state. He's allowed the religious parties to have far too much power for 10 years. And that, that puts a lie to a secular state, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not. a uh, Yeah. And, you know, look, Netanyahu has repeatedly bragged about like how he threw like a stick through the spokes of the wheel of a two state solution that he'd never wanted that. And, you know, and he and he's like, you know, so he's been very clear about it. And don't forget, he's, he's he gave. It's so funny. The Israelis are like finding these suitcases of euros and dollars that were, uh, you know, in uh, lavish homes that were run by uh, that were owned by Hamas like officials. It's like, and they're like, look at these corrupt Hamas officials with their suitcases full of cash. And I'm like, you know who delivered that cash, right? That was Netanyahu sent them that cash. Like they got it from the Israelis. You can look it up. I mean, the Israel propped up Hamas from day one because they because Netanyahu's policy was divide and conquer like if if Fatah which was running the Palestinian Authority in both the West Bank and Gaza um, had a unified deal it would like they might be able to negotiate effectively towards a, a, a Palestinian state so he's like we don't want to do that we want to keep the Palestinians fighting amongst each other so mm -hmm. they so they they 
So just like the U.S. when we funded the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, they ended up financing like a snake up that ended up biting them. Okay. <laughs> You're like, shut up, Dad. All right. <laughs> I'm used to okay. that. I know that look. <laughs> All right. That's fine. I, I, do, I go a little too far. I get upset. No, not at all. Genocide, schmenocide. No, no. This is the kind of discussion we have to have. And I mean, frankly, true, you true. know, we got a little heated, but nothing. I mean, this is like no, no, it's you true. and I, another couple of hours, we'd probably find some kind of common ground. And Oh, no, that's true. I mean, look, I think, uh, yeah, no. And, and I think there's, I mean, look, I like Israel. I, I liked, I liked the people. I like the place. You know, I think the government is really problematic. I mean, hell, I like the United States. I like the people. I like the place. <laughs> the, yeah, the government problematic. Yeah. Yeah, you know? no, I'm I'm with you. No, I hear you. So that's kind of how I think it's. And I think that's the key. I think it's like almost wrong journalistically when they say like when they personalize the government. Um, so, you know, like when they say like, um, you know, U Uganda uh, complained about Tanzania or whatever. And it's kind of like, well, no, Uganda didn't do anything like the you know the the prime minister of Uganda did something, or the Congress of Uganda said something or voted on something, but the people didn't say anything. You know, they nobody asked their opinion, and I think it's sort of like or when they say the capital, right? Like Washington issued a directive. I mean, I know what they mean, but that shorthand it like gets into our brains and we start to think that it's real. It's like linguistics, right? Like we really think, you know, my country, love it or leave it. Well, my country, for sure, I love, but I don't like my, I don't love my government at all. And like, but we don't, we're not allowed to have that separation, but we should, because they're not the same. Of course. Thing. Well, it's nuanced too. And we can't have that. <laughs> the only cause trouble. All right. <laughs> just just confuses people. All right. Now that we've not solved the Middle Eastern crisis, but at least <laughs> unlike, unlike Jared Kushner, we weren't paid to do that. So, you know, fuck it. I wonder if, they, if someone handed me a check for a billion bucks. Yeah, I could probably come to some kind of like, you know, here's what we ought to do. You think? A billion? <laughs> yes. Yes, I can do it. I do it for a million. I, mean, I think I could do it for 20 bucks. I mean, I think the problem is, I mean, I, I got to say if I, okay, well, a little overtime here. Personally, okay. I would if I were the president, <laughs> this is this is a Scott question. You always ask me this question. Okay, so I'll ask you. If you're President Stantis, would you do what President Rawl would do? President Rawl would call Prime Minister Netanyahu and say, Bibi, um, this this you've got to bring this in for a soft landing. You've got to stop. You gotta like ramp down the fighting, and uh, you've got to let people out. You, you know, you can't trap them in there anymore and you got to let in all the aid. You got to stop. You just got to stop. And um, if you don't and and you've got to say officially have the Knesset vote on this, that you favor Palestinian sovereignty. And we we want to see you make serious mm -hmm. motions towards that within the next year or two. Um, and we'll set a deadline. Five years. There's a sovereign Palestinian state. Like if you agree to this or no more $3.8 billion per year, like done. We'll still, we'll still answer your calls, but, and then we're going to, if you don't do that, we're going to start to distance ourselves more. We're going to reduce intelligence cooperation and all that stuff. But right now, st just stop. And that would, I think, I think someone has to tell them. 
I mean, so, and we have that power. We have the power of the purse. Yeah, I think, well, obviously that, and that would put a chill into the government. I'm insisting on a two state right now, I think is the timing is terrible, but I do believe that, yeah, you have the power to say, okay, you're bringing in for soft landing. You made your point. Right. You're done um, now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that that'd be a reasonable, that's a reasonable um, approach and a reasonable thing to request. But right now that is, that would be considered in, in the present state in the U S I don't think you'd find, I don't think you could put, you would find like 50 congressmen who would be willing to support that position. No, they can't. I mean, they, the Israeli, the Israel lobby is, as we all know, very, 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 very strong, very pervasive, mm-hmm. has been around for a very long time. So, yeah, but that's, you know, this, but that's not really a question for the Congress, for the House or the Senate. It's the House for the, for the administration. And they're oh. the ones who could, they're the ones who control the purse strings on, on, on international spending. And so they're the ones who could say, like you suggest, knock it off or we're cutting you off. You know, you do that with your kids. Um, yeah, that's yeah. true. Like, it's kind of like, look, if you want to be a bonehead, be a bonehead, but you're, I'm not paying for it. Right. <laughs> like, Little Hunter, I'm not by your own crack. Um, uh, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. What is okay? That's all right. So story. <laughs> with that, uh, we're going to take a little break and come right back and talk about this crazy Fonny Willis story. This oh, is she's nutty, kooky, crazy. Okay. So, <laughs> so we, kind of, <laughs> we kind of fucked up. Um, well, because we kind there's of no like, kind of about it. We we fucked up royally. Uh, not quite. <laughs> not quite Israel and Gaza style. But pretty bad. <laughs> um, so, so basically, we went over and we t- and and foolishly, I thought I was being super smart by teasing the two other topics we were going to talk about, which were what I'm not even going to say because you know we're not going to talk about them now. But right, they don't matter if we don't talk about them on this podcast. Topics, they don't which exist. were interesting and might be in the future. In which case, if they are, we will talk about them uh, later. Uh, so anyway, we're not going to because. Uh, Scott, you're out of time and you have stuff to do. I am, I'm cartoon sorry. to draw. Uh, so uh, we got to let you go and draw because uh, we are cartoonists first and the show must go on. So the ink must go on the page, so we will, which I don't use either. So this will be just a this, this one Israel thing today, but that's okay. It was a good conversation. I enjoyed it. Um, so, Scott, where can we find all things Scott? Go to chicagotribune.com slash opinion you can see a gallery of the work i do for them you can now go to the dallas morning news at dallasnews.com i'm drawing for them as well you can go to gocomics.com and go to prickly city where my political comic strip and you can hear ted and i on the excellent the spectacular the amazing center clip mini podcast 30 seconds no longer than five minutes ted and i are both on it with some other friends of ours and it's pretty i think it's pretty great i love it Ted, where can we see things? Ted. I like it too. Uh, so yeah, Scott, so you can find me at rawl.com, R-A-L-L.com, who, what, why.org. Uh, and um, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern on Sputnik Radio, uh, or you can, which you can find on uh, Rumble. Uh, and you don't have to listen to it live. They have the old ones too. So anyway. Can I jump in real quick and please. say that I, honest to goodness, and I have no reason to be nice to Ted after he was so mean to me during that whole segment. So mean. 
It's so mean, but okay. honest to goodness, I now it's, it's, it's a habit of mine. I, you and Angie, I turn, I turn you guys on through rumble and I just use it as radio and I listen to it in the morning and it's a spectacularly good show, by the way, folks. So if you haven't listened to it, do yourselves a favor. Seriously, it's really, really good. It's listenable. You're going to hear stuff you don't hear anywhere else. It's not an echo chamber. It's not a scream fest. It's not, well, liberals want to eat your babies kind of bullshittery. It's really, really, really good. So do yourselves a favor. Thank you, Scott. Much appreciated. All right. So with that, Scott, go draw a cartoon and be fruitful and draw. No, <laughs> Don't multiply. I'll try not to invade anything while I'm doing it. No, try to avoid that. All right. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, and we'll, Same we'll, here. Talk, we'll talk soon offline. Bye, Bye. everyone.